0: Faith is a powerful thing, and as we look at Acts 14, verses 8 through 10, we're going to see the amazing and powerful results of faith, both of Paul and a man who had never been able to walk. Here's Pastor David.
1: Do you remember being little? I don't. I've been big for a long time. I try to get little, but those donuts are mmm, but... In any case, uh, when you were little, if your dad was around when you were little, he seemed very big, right? He, he seemed like he could do anything, right? Because you were here and he was up there and it just seemed like he was huge. He could lift heavy stuff and, and he was in charge and he had that loud, deep voice. And, and, and if he could lift up the couch and move it, then he could take care of anything that was going to come your way, right? You were, if he could do that then all the more, he could take care of little two- or three-year-old you who was looking up, right? And you pretty much thought, Dad's Superman. Dad can do anything, and you trust him. You trusted him. Later on, you realize, as my kids are now, probably a long time ago, coming to the conclusion that I'm not Superman um, and that Superman has... A little bit less of a gut than me. Um, and, but Superman's not real. I don't know if Glenn's here today. I told him that Santa Claus wasn't real last week, and he almost lost it. So I hope he's not here to hear that Superman's not real. He's not real, right? Um, but God is. And God is a father, unlike our fathers who live in a broken, fallen world and have their own issues, God is a father who can lift a lot more than a couch, Superman ain't got nothing on God the Father, right? And we can trust him. We can trust him. We know that he has incredible power. And if God has incredible power and he's shown us his power, what do you think he can do in and through you? What is God calling you in your life to do? And do you believe that he has the power to do it, Does your faith in Christ move you to walk and work in the power of God? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about if God has the power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead, all the more, what kind of power could he do in your life? So we're still in Acts. Been in Acts for a while. We're in chapter 14. And you may remember that we just studied that Paul and Barnabas had to flee from a place called Iconium. Because the people there were planning to harm them. And so they didn't want to hang out and be harmed. So they fled from Iconium to a couple cities called Lystra and Derbe. Okay, there's a map that we can get up there. And you can see basically the whole journey so far, right? They went from Antioch and Syria... To the east and west coast of Cyprus, up to Perga, that's where Mark left. Then up to Antioch near Pisidia, a different Antioch than the first one. Then to Iconium, and now to Lystra and Derbe. That's our map, that's where they headed, so you get an idea of where they are in the world, and that it was the real world. Again, always, always, the Bible is not a book of legends. This is about real people in real places, in real time, doing real things in the power of the Holy Spirit. And So you have to keep that in mind, and that's one of the reasons I show these maps, so that it's not a map of Middle-earth right? That's a map of basically a region in Turkey and, and Cyprus and so on. And so you can see this really happened in a real time and a real place. So as we, as we go, they're now in these cities of Lystra and Derby, and we're going to see um, something that happens there in Lystra. So if you'll go to uh, your Bibles, if you have them, if not, I'll have it up on the screen, or you can use your mobile device. We are going to start in verse 8 and go, we're just going to read through verse 10 here. It says, and in Lystra, a certain man... Without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. I find this verse really interesting because it's incredibly redundant, right? And, and, and there's a reason why it's redundant. It says, "There's a certain man, first one, without strength in his feet. OK? So he's lame. We know that he can't walk. He was sitting well, OK, that makes sense, right? Um, and then it says, "A cripple from his mother's womb. Well, okay, so now we know how long it's been that way. And then it says, who had never walked? Well, that would make sense if he was a cripple from his mother's womb. So why are we sort of telling us in three different ways about how this guy couldn't walk? Because something big is going to happen. And it's important that we understand a couple of things. That this guy could not walk, that he had never been able to walk, not ever from the time that he was growing inside the womb of his mother his feet didn't work his legs didn't work and and they want us to know that because of what's about to happen it says this man heard paul speaking he heard paul speaking we do not know if there was a synagogue in lystra but from what i've studied it looks like there probably was not there probably were not enough jewish men in Lystra to have a synagogue, although there were some Jews there. In fact, many think that Timothy was actually from Lystra. In Lystra or Derby, and a lot of, a lot of people think it's, it's Lystra that Timothy was from. And so, as we read through this thing, you can think that Timothy, who we'll read more about later, may have actually been there or certainly would have been familiar with the events that we're about to read about today. So he's in there, so Paul is probably, I don't know, he's, he's either in a marketplace speaking, because there's no synagogue, or outside somewhere. Probably with Paul, wherever he could find people, that wouldn't, you know, push him away, he was gonna speak about Jesus. So here he is speaking, and there's this guy there. And I don't know if the guy was there because it was a marketplace, and they had brought him there to beg because he obviously could not work because he couldn't walk, or whether he had come to hear Paul. You know, they had passed out flyers or something, and and, and everyone knew Paul was gonna speak. I don't know why, but this guy's there and he's listening. He's hearing what Paul is saying. And it says Paul observing him intently. So Paul is preaching, and this guy catches his eye. And he doesn't just catch his eye. It sounds like Paul's sort of staring this guy down. He sees that something's happening with this guy. And it says that as he was observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. It says that he had faith to be healed. Now, we're going to talk more about what that faith is. But what's interesting is how did Paul see it? How do you see faith? How do you see faith? I don't know. I don't know what indications this guy was giving that by looking at him intently, he could tell that the guy had faith to be healed. But somehow, the Lord let Paul know this guy has faith to be healed, and somehow he was able to see by looking at him that that was the case, right? Sometimes we show our faith maybe by our actions, show that we have faith. I don't know what kind of actions he could have been doing, but somehow or another, Paul's looking at this guy and sees that he has faith to be healed. Now, Paul says this. It says, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. Now, Paul sees this guy. He sees that he has faith to be healed. Remember, he's just talking. This guy's just sitting somewhere out there, and Paul looks at him and basically very loudly says, stand up straight on your feet full, full on sense. Again, a little redundant. Stand would have been enough, you know, up, straight, okay, on your feet. Where else are you going to stand? But he wants everybody to hear. He's speaking loudly. Now, I don't know. For me, if I am in this situation and I feel maybe the Holy Spirit saying, this person over here who can't walk or who has some sort of uh, physical issue, you know, I want to heal them. My inclination would, after the service, I would go up and kind of quietly be like, hey, do you want me to pray for you for, you know, whatever. I would not have the confidence to just be like, get up. Because if I said that and the guy didn't get up, I'm going to look like a jerk. Right? Saying to the guy who can't walk, get up and start walking. Not cool. Don't do that. Unless you know, right? Somehow Paul had an incredible confidence that the Lord was going to heal this guy. Somehow he knew. How did he know? Well, we know that Paul had seen probably uncounted miracles. He'd seen the risen Lord. He was constantly living in the power of the Holy Spirit. and So somehow he knew and was confident enough to risk the embarrassment and all the rest of basically yelling at this guy and saying, get up. Remember, Paul's not some legendary figure. He's got a body and a mind and fears and life experiences just like you. It would have been just as much of a risk, a faith risk, for Paul to say it as it would be for you to say that to somebody and then see it happen. But he did. He did, and it says this. And he, this is the the guy who's crippled, and he leaped and walked. He leaped and walked. Didn't just stand up. Guy got up and jumped. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a kid But for those of you who have had babies, when they're learning how to walk, they don't one day get up and leap and walk around, right? They got to learn how to do it. And they fall down, go boom, boom, lots of times, right? Because you don't just know how to walk. You have to learn how to walk. This guy had never walked, which meant what? He had no muscles in his legs to carry his body. He had no knowledge of how to walk. His nerves, his hips, his, all this did not work. It did not work. So not only did The Lord give him the strength in his feet or heal the bones or whatever was going on there. But he healed his whole body, brain to feet. The whole body would have had to be healed at one time for him to be able to get up and not find his legs, but leap and walk. It was a complete miracle. It was a complete miracle. And so, this man, who had never walked, is walking. He's walking. He's free right at some level having a physical infirmity is kind of like a chain right it's kind of you can't do certain things that you want to do certain things that other people can do and all of a sudden this guy's free healing is freedom at some level healing is freedom right so so what happened here i just want to kind of take a while and just talk about what went on what's going on because i find it actually very fascinating the way that this happened Here's this guy who had never walked, who had watched every kid from the time he was a child grow up and be able to walk and play and run and have fun. And as he grew up, he saw them getting married, you know, going off, doing their thing, working, going to war, whatever it is that they were doing physically, right? He saw all these people. And meanwhile, this whole time, he's unable to do it. No doubt he wanted to be healed, right? Probably always probably since the time he knew that he couldn't walk. But all this time, he had not been healed. And here he is, and he's listening to Paul speak. And Paul, we know what Paul was probably saying, right? The same thing he always says. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God came down, became a man, died for our sins, rose again, has the power of forgiveness and redemption. That's what he's preaching. And somehow, this guy through that had the faith to be healed, but faith in what? Not faith in Paul, right? Paul doesn't, can't heal people. Not faith in Paul. It just says here, faith to be healed. But we have to do a little logic to figure out the process. What did he have faith in? He had faith in Christ, right? He had faith in Christ. And what would Paul have been preaching? I can heal you. Trust in me. Have faith in me? No. He would have been preaching Jesus Christ and forgiveness of sins. And yet somehow... This guy believed that he could be healed. He knew, because he's not. we don't hear that he's a very young man, and he was in a very religious place, he knew that religion was not the answer, because there were all kinds of religions, tons of them. Zeus was big there in that town, along with all those other Greek gods, along with all the different Greek and Roman religions that are around, and he probably heard about all of them and probably been exposed to them, especially if he's in the marketplace where Paul's speaking. He's probably heard every idea coming and going, but here he's hearing and having faith. He's hearing him in faith in what Paul is saying. He knows religion is not the answer. Somehow he comes to believe that Jesus is the answer. Later on, Paul will write to the Galatians. That's these people who we've been talking about most recently in Acts. He'll write a letter to the Galatians. And he'll say, because they start turning to religion, they start turning back to, "I do this, I sacrifice this, I, I do this to my body, I do these kinds of things." And that's what makes me right with God. And this is what he says to him in Galatians 3:5, it says, "Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, this is one he would be referencing, right? Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? by the hearing of faith? It's not our power to keep religious rules that brings about the work of the Holy Spirit and miracles and power in our lives. It's the hearing of faith, faith in Jesus Christ. And here we have that exact thing. It says he heard Paul and he had faith and he was healed, right? But why faith to be healed if Paul is most likely preaching forgiveness of sins. Why faith to be healed? Why does it say that Paul looked at him and saw that he had the faith to be healed? If Paul was most likely preaching that this guy could be right with God eternally. I'm going to uh, teach you a term. It's a Latin term, and it's one that us lawyers use when we want to sound pretentious, which is all the time. Okay? And so this is a term, I actually heard it, I was listening to some arguments, because that's how boring I am in an in a, in a, in a, uh, appellate court earlier this week, and they used this term, which I like, okay? The term is a fortiori. A fortiori. And it basically means all the more. All the more, right? In other words, if I have the power to bench 300 pounds all the more I have the power to bench 50 pounds, right? If I can do the big, I can clearly do the small. A fortiori. If I can bench 300 pounds, a fortiori. I can bench 50 pounds. That's what it means, okay? If in and through the power of God in Jesus Christ, God has the power to become a man, to allow himself to be killed, to raise Jesus Christ from the dead, to rip everything that we've broken and put it back in place and to make all things new and to make us right with him, a fortiori, he has the power to heal the physical body, right? And so this guy, as he's sitting here, realizes, okay, what he did believe was Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. It was the a fortiori that was like, also, I could be healed, clearly, I believe in the power of God. Immediately he knew if God can do this, he can easily do this. He can easily do this. So when he's looking at Paul and Paul sees he has faith to be healed and says, yeah, bro, get up. It's, of course, man. The thing that has just happened in your heart as you've heard and believed and had faith is so much bigger than you walking. So much bigger. It's an a fortiori situation. Now, I want to tap the brakes for a second, because sometimes this can get convoluted. It's part of theology about God's power to heal. Let me just say a couple of things. God has the power to heal. God does heal. God does not always heal. Okay? God does not always heal. Not everyone who believes that God has the power to heal them is going to be healed, including and not limited to Paul. The apostle, who clearly believed God had the power to heal, had incredible faith. In fact, God had healed so many people through the work that Paul had done. Likely, right? And yet Paul had a thorn in the flesh that he asked the Lord to take away, and the Lord said no. So God does not always heal. Does not always heal. Now, I'll tell you why. I don't know. I don't know why. Every believer can't be healed from everything other than to tell you this. I've probably learned a lot more through the things he has not healed me from than I would if the world was made of nerf and nothing could hurt me. And at some point, I want to die and go be with God, right? And if he was healing us all the time, that would never happen. There's a reason why God heals, and there's a reason why he allows the natural consequences of this broken world, to come through too. Remember, this guy was healed in his legs, but spoiler alert, he's dead. He died a long, long time ago. God didn't just keep healing him every time he had anything going on at some point. His legs worked so that he could go and live the rest of his normal life, but he still at some point probably got sick and died, right? Right? God doesn't heal everything all the time. There's a reason why he heals, and there's a reason why he doesn't. I don't always know the reason. You will not always know the reason, because you're not God, and you can't see it all. But don't get the idea that, I do not want you to have the idea that because this man believed in Jesus Christ, and therefore realized Christ clearly has the power to heal, that if you just have enough faith, you'll always get healed. Because it's not true. It, it wasn't true for Paul, right? Right? All these, all these guys that we read about, almost all of them died martyrs' deaths. Okay? Painful. Painful. Difficult. God does not always heal. Sometimes he might say, like he did to Paul, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And sometimes that's where we might need to be. Okay? But the important part of this man in Lystra, the important part of his faith was actually not the faith that he had to be healed in his legs. The important part of his faith was his faith in Jesus Christ and his power to redeem, the power of the resurrection, the ultimate, the big power. The healing thing was a smaller thing.
0: That's the truth. If God can transform our lives for eternity, Healing our bodies is easy, but we always have to remember that God knows what's best for each of us. So physically healed or not, we want to live flat out for Him. And if you'd like to join us at Axe Church to hear Pastor David in person, we would love to have you. Get directions and all the info you need anytime at axchurchnw.org Or give us a call at 360-360. 885 Hope to meet you this Sunday. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our next episode here on Contemplate.